0: Amen. Well, please take your Bibles at this time and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 21 today in verses 1 through 11. Uh, We've been working our way through our message series called Lead Me to the Cross uh, from Matthew 26 through 28. And the the, uh, past 10 weeks, we've been following Jesus' last days to the cross. And then the last two weeks... Uh, we looked specifically at Jesus' sufferings on the cross and then Jesus' death on the cross. And these are weighty passages of scripture, tinged with tragedy, soaked with sadness. But today, we jump back to the Sunday before Jesus went to the cross. You've heard of throwback Thursday and Flashback Friday. Well, today we flash back to Palm Sunday, and the contrast is striking. Instead of the grief and sadness that we focused on in these past weeks, suddenly there's excitement in the air, and the mood is different. The mood is festive and joyful, and celebrating. And it makes you wonder what happened. Right? What what happened between Palm Sunday and Good Friday to bring about such a change of events? And as we shall see from today's passage, a lot of it had to do with expectations. Isn't that the way it usually is? A lot of it had to do with expectations. Jesus had one plan for what he would do when he got to Jerusalem... But the crowds and the people, they had a very different plan. And here's the thing anytime that your plan is different from God's plan, you're going to find yourself asking that very same question What happened? Right? What happened here? And that, that's what we want to look at this morning. So we're in Matthew 21, uh, verses 1 through 11. But I'm going to begin just by reading verses 6 through 9. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, "'Hosanna to the Son of David!' Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we look at these verses and uh, the verses surrounding them, as we look at this amazing event that took place uh, on that first Palm Sunday, Lord, we just want to open our hearts and ears to you, ears to hear the message hearts, Lord, to receive the message that your Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us today. Each one of us may hear perhaps something a little different uh, from you today, Lord, that's because you are speaking directly and personally to us. We open ourselves to you for that purpose. Speak to us now, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. So what are your plans in life? You got any plans? What do you plan to do? What do you hope to accomplish? Have you talked to God about it? Very important. Someone once said, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. Right? (laughs) Works every time. Now, I don't know what your plans are, but I do know that God has a plan for your life. And I know that if you follow God's plan, that your life will be so much better. God says in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, he says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future." Now, God's plan might not always make sense to you while it is happening, but His plan is always best. His plan is always right. And His plan usually looks different from your plan. Right? And that's what we see happening on Palm Sunday. God's plan and the people's plan were different that first Palm Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And that's why when we flash back to Palm Sunday from the cross, we find ourselves asking, what happened? (laughs) What happened between Palm Sunday and Good Friday? There's an outline in your worship guide. I encourage you to take that out to follow along. and It'll help you to follow through the message as we work through this together. We're going to take a look at God's plan first. God's plan. Because Jesus was following whose plan? He was following God's plan for this day. And what was God's plan? God's plan was for Jesus to enter Jerusalem as a king But not the kind of king that the people were expecting. Got that? Not the kind of king the people were expecting. And so on Palm Sunday, what we find is Jesus enters Jerusalem in gentleness and peace. Look at verses 1 through 3 with me now as we get started. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives... Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. Now when it comes to God's plan for Jesus entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, let me give you a hint here, a little clue, okay? It's all about the donkey, okay? It's all about the donkey, it's true. The donkey is essential here to God's plan. That's why Jesus sends the disciples off to get it. In fact, he tells them, he says, you know, you're going to find a mother donkey with her colt. Very specific there, right? Untie them, bring them to me. He even tells them what they're going to say if someone tries to stop them, and someone did. What, is he, what are they supposed to say? The Lord needs them. In other words, Jesus needed this donkey. He needed this donkey and her colt. Why? Because this donkey was a necessary part of God's plan. And you're probably still wondering, well, what's so important about a donkey? Well, notice a couple things from our passage. First of all, notice where Jesus is standing when he sends the disciples off to get the donkey. He doesn't do it too early, doesn't do it too late. Where is he when he gives that command? They are at Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Bethphage is close to Bethany. The town of Bethany where Jesus worked His greatest miracle yet, the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead, is a miracle that had many people wondering if Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And where is He at? He is on the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is an important geographical marker when it comes to Messianic prophecy. In the Old Testament book of Zechariah, chapter 14, one of the identifiers of the Messiah is that he comes from the Mount of Olives. Now that prophecy refers more to his second coming than his first, but at that time they didn't know there were going to be two comings, did they? And so he gives this command, where? On the Mount of Olives. Very significant. Up to this point, Jesus has been hiding The fact that he is the Messiah. He's been hiding that from the people. But now he is ready to make his identity known. Now he is ready to let them say, yes, he is the Messiah. He's the one who has come giving sight to the blind. He's the one who's come raising the dead. He is the king who has come to his people. But he is not the kind of king that they are expecting. They are expecting a conquering king who's going to come into Jerusalem and deliver them from the Roman Empire. That's what they want. And so once again, what does the donkey have to do with it? Well, here it is. When a king rode into a city on a donkey, that was a symbol of gentleness and peace. For example, when Solomon became king, there weren't any battles going on. There weren't any wars that he had to fight at that time. He rode a mule into his anointing. You see, a conquering king would ride right into the city and what a big war horse, right? Military power and victory. But a king who came in peace rode a donkey or a mule. And so Jesus presents himself to the people as Messiah, but a different type of Messiah than what they were expecting. He has come not to make war, but to make peace. And that's why Jesus chose the donkey. Now Jesus also chose the donkey in order to fulfill Old Testament prophecy. To fulfill prophecy. Look at verses 4 and 5 with me now. Matthew writes, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. And then he quotes from uh, the prophet Zechariah again. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, Matthew quotes from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 here. It's a prophecy which foretold that when the Messiah came, he would come to Jerusalem, gentle, riding on a donkey. Uh, this is remarkable. God's plan for this donkey, okay, stretched all the way back to the Old Testament book of Zechariah. You know, it goes back even further than that because we have images of of this donkey in the Messianic prophecies as far back uh, as as the book of Genesis. You can read about it in Genesis 49, where it also speaks about the colt and the foal. In other words, God's plan was to use the donkey all along. It's what we said earlier. When it comes to God's plan for Jesus entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, It's all about the donkey, okay? That's God's plan. Well, how about the people's plan? What was their plan? Well, first of all, notice how the people welcome Jesus as their king. They welcome him. Look at verses 6 through 8. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And so the disciples, they do exactly as Jesus has instructed them. They get the donkey, they get the colt. And then they place their cloaks on the animals, and then Jesus rides the colt, right? The young donkey that had never been written before in fulfillment of the Zechariah prophecy. Now, the disciples, they know what they're doing. Okay? They know what they're doing when they put Jesus, follow me now, on a donkey at Bethphage, on the Mount of Olives, entering Jerusalem. They know exactly what they are doing. They are presenting Jesus as their king. And then as we read on, we see that the crowd welcomed Jesus is their king. Because what did they do? First, they created a royal carpet of sorts by spreading their cloaks on on the road before him. This is a custom that goes back to Old Testament times when people would spread their cloaks on the ground before an approaching king. We read about it, for example, in 2 Kings 9, verse 13. We read, they hurried and they took their cloaks and they spread, spread them under him on the bare steps and then they blew the trumpet and shouted, Jehu is king. When you took your cloak off and you spread it on the ground before the king, that was a sign of submission to his authority, that you are acknowledging him as king. And so when the people take their cloaks and they spread them on the ground before Jesus, they are welcoming, welcoming him into Jerusalem as their king. They're submitting themselves to his authority as their king. And then Matthew tells us, tells us that others cut palm branches down. Some of them were waving them around. And others spread them on the road. Well, what's up with the palm branches? Palm branches were a sign of military victory. And so now, all of a sudden, we can see from our passage what kind of king the people expected in Jesus. If Palm Sunday for Jesus was... All about the donkey for the people. It was all about the palms. Once again, they were looking for a conquering military king who would come in and deliver them from the power of Rome. Now the people not only welcomed Jesus as their king, they also proclaimed Jesus as Messiah. They proclaim him as Messiah. Look at verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And so this crowd's getting bigger now, isn't it? As they approach Jerusalem. Now you've got crowds of people ahead of Jesus going before him. You've got other people following from behind. And they're all shouting out, Hosanna, the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the the name of the Lord. Hosanna, that was a cry of salvation. The word Hosanna literally means save us. And so what the people are crying out is they're saying, Hosanna, save us, son of David. Oh, son of David, very significant. That is another messianic title. The Old Testament prophesied that the Messiah would come as a direct descendant of king david the messiah would be a king who would take the throne of his father david and reign forever and so when the people cry out save us son of david they are proclaiming jesus as the messiah and then what do they say next blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord now this was a very common greeting this is a greeting that the pilgrims would greet each other with as they arrived in jerusalem for the festival But here this greeting takes on additional significance as the people proclaim Jesus as the Messiah who comes in the name of the Lord. And then when they cry out, Hosanna in the highest, it takes it even further. Do you remember when Jesus was born, what the angels sang? They sang glory to God in the highest. That is all the way up to heaven where God dwells. Hosanna in the highest indicates that the people believed that Jesus had indeed come from God. That God had sent to them the promised Messiah. And the people proclaimed Jesus as such. And so the people welcomed Jesus as their king. They proclaimed Jesus as Messiah. And then thirdly, they they identify him now as the prophet The prophet, we'll see who that is in just a moment. Look at verses 10 and 11. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds answered, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus enters Jerusalem, the whole city is stirred. You know what, this is not the first time that the city of Jerusalem has been stirred by the arrival of Jesus. Once again, go back to Jesus' birth. What happened there? Matthew tells us way back in chapter 2, at the beginning of the gospel, how Magi came from the east. And they came to Jerusalem asking, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east. We've come to worship him. And then what does Matthew say? When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. Well, guess what? Now the whole city is stirred again, but in a different way. They see Jesus riding into the city on the donkey. They see the people laying their cloaks on the road before him and waving the palm branches and shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. And they say, Who is this? And the crowd answers, This is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see another very important prophecy in the Old Testament is found in the book of Deuteronomy where Moses told the people of Israel Deuteronomy 18:15 he said the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers you must listen to him Jesus was the prophet like Moses in fulfillment of this prophecy people of Jerusalem ask, who is this? The crowds identify him. This is Jesus, the prophet. So on Palm Sunday, the people welcomed Jesus as their king. They proclaimed him as Messiah. They identified him as the prophet. And on Good Friday... They crucified him. So what happened? What happened? God's plan was different than the people's plan. The people wanted a political savior who would come to Jerusalem and set them free from the power of Rome. God's plan was to send a spiritual Savior who would come to Jerusalem and set us all free from the power of sin. Remember, God's plan on Palm Sunday was all about the donkey. Jesus came to Jerusalem not in war, but in peace. And somehow the people missed that part, right? Even the disciples, they they didn't put all these things together until after Jesus' death and resurrection. Most of us are familiar with uh, the verse in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wonderful verse. But you know what? The next verse, John 3.17, is a very important verse also. John 3.17 says this, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus entered Jerusalem in gentleness and peace. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save us through Christ. The people cried out to Jesus as he entered Jerusalem, Hosanna, Lord, save us! And they thought that Jesus was going to save them from Rome. But Jesus answered their cries in a different way. Jesus answered their cries in a better way. He was coming to save them from their sins. And so even on Palm Sunday, as we've seen throughout this series, Jesus' life and actions all said to the Father, Father, lead me. Lead me to the cross. So back to our original question from this morning. Do you have any plans? Because God has a plan. He had a plan for Jesus. He has a plan for you. His plan is probably different than your plan. But I can guarantee you this. His plan is better than your plan. The people's plan... For Jesus was to crown him as king right then and there. God's plan was for Jesus to go to the cross. If Jesus had followed the people's plan, he would never have gone to the cross, and you and I could never be saved. See, God's plan is different than your plan. It may not make sense to you at first. At certain points in your life, you might even look back and, and just look at and go, what happened here, God? What happened? I don't understand. But you need to trust God, and you need to follow it through because you know what? He has a lot of experience in this, okay? It's going to be okay. God is all-knowing. He is all-loving. He is all-wise. And his plan's not only different than your plan, it is better than your plan. Which leaves us with one final question. Will you trust him and follow him today? Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for sending Jesus not on a war horse simply providing political deliverance but you sent him in gentleness and peace going to the cross to make peace between us and you father to bring forgiveness for our sins to restore us to relationship with you to be a true savior the type of savior we needed even if we might have been looking for a different type of savior Lord Jesus, one day you will return and will not be on a donkey. You will ride that mighty white horse, the the war horse, coming as conquering and ruling king, conquering all of sin and evil in this world. And you will sit on, on your father David's throne and you will reign in truth and righteousness and justice and peace forever. How we look forward to that day. Lord, what happened between Palm Sunday and Good Friday? You came to be our Savior. We are eternally grateful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.